Are we together? Are we together? In one week, are we together? Thank you. Listen, we, we are... We are really going to focus. John, John asked me this week, he said, I have a feeling you're going to preach this series all year. And I said, yeah, you're probably right. Because for us to get together, we're going to spend a lot of time understanding Jesus. We can't get to Jesus if we don't know who Jesus is. Right? And a lot of us, a lot of us, if I asked you, who do you say Jesus is? Right? You would be a lot like Peter in, in the, the Last Supper, where you would say, well, he's, he's the Christ. He's, he's the one who died for my sins and rose again. You know, you know, you know the basics of who Jesus is. And it's good that you know that, because without knowing that, you don't come to salvation. Right? But the important thing is for us to really grab hold of who Jesus is and the things that Jesus ministers to our life. Right? Now, I said something. Uh, I said something in the last couple of weeks um, uh, about how the things written aforetime were written for our learning and not our doing, and we talked about that a little bit on the podcast this week. And the reality for us is is this: throughout Scripture and throughout the Old Testament and throughout the examples that we've been given, we see a lot of things that were done, right, that shouldn't have been done. We even see those that were raised up for godly purpose did some really horrible things before, after, and during that time, right? And so when I t- say to you that we're, those things are for our learning, it is for us to look back and see that in man and man's morality and man's ability to do the things of God, they struggled. Man struggled. From, from the greatest to the, to the least in the Old Testament, we see a constant struggle of morality, right? And, and God saw this, and because God saw this, God sent His Son. God sent Jesus to come and, and to bring an end to it all. Because ultimately what He saw in all of that is He saw that man wasn't strong enough or powerful enough to be who he needed to be in God. And that's true of me. And guess what? That's true of you too, right? It's true of you too. So, so when I ask you if we're together, it, it is a challenge. It is a challenge to myself and it is a challenge to you. Number one, that you have gotten hold of Jesus Christ. Not just Jesus on the cross and not Jesus out of the tomb. And not Jesus at the right hand of God. But you've gotten a hold of who Jesus is and what Jesus has come to bring to us as far as ministry goes. Because if you want to see the culmination of all of the good of the Old Testament, right? Jesus said that he came to what? The law? Fulfill the law. So the fulfillment of everything God intended for man rests in Jesus. It doesn't rest in Moses. It doesn't rest in Noah. It doesn't rest in Solomon or David, right? And I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from, from their history. I'm not taking anything away from their accomplishments, amen? But God tells us, Jesus, the Son of Man, says, I'm the fulfillment, 
Jesus Christ, I am the fulfillment. I came to fulfill what God always wanted and man couldn't do. Right? But I didn't come to destroy it. I didn't come to, to, to present a, a lot of miracles and a lot of power and a lot of hope and a lot of joy and a lot of love. I didn't bring all of that to tell you that none of that matters. But what God intended from the beginning has always mattered. And from the beginning, and you, you've heard me say, and it's funny how, how now I look back in the middle of this series, I, I look back and I see all of the series for last year got us here. Right, And at the time, I, I'm just studying and learning, studying and learning, studying and learning, getting up and preaching what God gives me to preach. And I don't see where God's taking it. Now I stand here before you and I look back all the way to behind the hedge and all the way to the Garden of Eden and all the way to the things that God walked us through in 2022, arrived us here. Amen? And you've heard me say multiple times throughout these series, you've heard me say multiple times that, amen, God wanted to provide us everything. And in the garden, going all the way back to Eve, he gave them everything. Everything. But so that he wasn't creating puppets, he said, just don't do that. Amen? And then the serpent got involved. Serpent ever get involved in what you're doing? Huh? Serpent got involved and the serpent said, no, 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 no. That's not what God really meant. Right? That's not how God really works. Amen. If you do this, God just knows you'll be as powerful as he is. Right? And, and you say, well, now... My, my situation is completely different. Oh, really? Oh, really? Anytime that you say you know more than God and you do something that you know God doesn't want and you know something that God doesn't bless and you know something that God doesn't exist in and you're out there reasoning it like a three-year-old, but I want it! Huh? And so you're reasoning it, and you're beautifying it, and you're picturing it up, and you're making everything look just as good. I'm going to be honest. Knowing more than what Eve knew, now you're worse. I'm worse. I'm worse. Amen. I'm not just throwing that at you. We're worse. We, we are way off base. Right When we put our joy and our happiness and, and our plan and our way in front of God's. And you see, that's what Jesus came to kick against. Those are the pricks that Jesus came to kick against in Scripture is this idea that I got it all figured out. I don't, I don't need to listen to the preaching. Amen? I don't, need to, I, I don't need to be involved here. I don't need men's group or women's group. I don't, I, I don't need to pray. At 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings, I got it all figured out. I spent me a few minutes in my closet, and I'm just all righteous and stuff. Amen? There's never going to be a together with you if that's your heart. And if that's your mind, there's never going to be a together. Amen? You're going to be alone. You're going to be alone, and you're going to work through life alone. Amen? And there might, be some, there might be some presence of God in that, but I guarantee you, you are going to lose the full power and the full glory of what God man wants to manifest in your life. Because that's not how it works. It's not how it works for any of us. 
Man, there's times, there's times I need my boys. There's times I need my wife. There's times I need some of you. Amen? And, and, and we come together in, in the nourishment of who God is. Right? It's why we need an upper room. Amen? We need closet time. Don't get me wrong. Amen? But we need an upper room. Why? So we get rid of the garbage. And we get rid of the stuff that, that separates and administers division to us and, and convinces us, amen, that our way is just as good as God's because it never will be. Amen? It's why we need an upper room. So that we put our face in the dirt and be reminded that we're dust and the power of God is important for our life. Amen? Because there's a whole lot of people throughout the Old Testament and even in the Gospels. You see it in the disciples. The disciples we talk about this in men's group almost every week. We see in the disciples there's a whole lot of guys that because of what they know and what they've seen and what they've heard, they think they've got it figured out. They think they've got a handle on what God's doing and what God's going to do. And nothing else is, nothing else matters, right? And when Jesus came and Jesus started doing something other than what they had figured out, they had serious problems with it. Amen? Because it wasn't their way. It wasn't their plan. It wasn't, it wasn't what they had connected the dots on. And, and so they, they questioned Jesus. You ever questioned Jesus? Hmm? Oh, that doesn't make sense. Who doesn't it make sense to? Does it not make sense to you or does it not make sense to God? Amen? Because I can go throughout my Bible and tell you a whole lot of things that made perfect sense to God but didn't make any sense to man. And God delivered. God delivered. Amen? And, and so part of this coming together thing, amen, if we, we can come together and we can agree in our flesh all day long and we'll receive zero power. We'll receive zero glory. Amen? We'll, we'll receive zero truth, and we won't see the work and the move of God in this place or in our community. Amen? But we got to come to Jesus. we got to come to Jesus, and we got to choose to receive what he offered all the way back in the garden, and man has refused again and again and again for years. Years, decades, centuries has refused what God had to offer. Make no mistake, make, make no mistake that God intended to give us everything from the start. From the start, his goal was to commune and fellowship with man and give them all knowledge and all glory. But it's man, it's us, it's we who have chosen the lesser. Again and again and again. And again and again and again we find ourselves at odds and we find ourselves in, in, in division and we find ourselves in struggle and we find ourselves in peril even and we wonder how did God let this happen? Well, God didn't, right? We, we, we chose to do it our way. We chose to do what made sense to us, right? We, we chose to do what we reasoned like the three-year-old, Amen. I was sharing with, with someone the other day while we were working and, and all muddy and cold and, and just fun times together, right, guys? And um, 
while we're out there um, and everything, we were, we were kind of sharing a moment. I don't even remember what got us on the subject. And I said, I remember a time one of my boys, I won't name which one, unless you were there yesterday. See, if you don't come, you don't get the good stuff. And, um, but I, I said, I remember a time one of my boys decided to throw a tantrum in the middle of Walmart. So what'd you do? Did you bust his butt? And I was like, nope. I sat down right in the floor with him, and I made sure everybody walking by saw him. I said, hey, look at my kid. He's having a tantrum. Hey, give him the, the attention that he wants, because this is what he needs right now. Poor, you know, everybody look. Everybody see what's going on. Amen? Because sometimes, sometimes when we realize that we're making a fool of ourselves, and God draws attention to it, we don't like it. Right? We don't like it. Oh, maybe that toy wasn't as important as I thought it was because I feel kind of weird and creeped out right now. Right? So maybe I'll quit crying and maybe I'll quit screaming and maybe dad will stand up and quit making sure everybody looks at me because this isn't how I saw this going. Right? You see, for us to really receive all that God has for us, we have to believe that he is who he says he is. And we have to choose to do what he says to do, whether it aligns with our ideas and our purpose or not. Amen? And that's difficult. And that's hard. That's why we need to be in here, and it's why if you can't be in here because you're working up there or doing something, it's why you need to watch the message when you go home that week. Amen? Because we will never be together if you're choosing not to be together. Amen? Amen? You will always be you, and only you. Amen? And to go along with what Luke said, that's not what God's building. God's not building something that, that is about you and about your way and about your ideas, amen? And if you're in a place where only the things that line up to you, you, only the things that line up to you are what's important, you will always be alone and you will never step into the full manifestation of God's glory, amen? But it's those of us that come together as a body of believers and build as Luke shared with us, amen? that we step into all that God has for our life. So for us to get there, for us to get there, we've got to see Jesus as Jesus is. Amen? So we're going to spend a few weeks, uh, and again, like I said, we're probably going to end up on this series for a while. Amen? I'm not even going to put time or, or ideas to it, but we're probably going to end up here for a while. Amen? Because what we first have to do is we have to first get a solid glimpse of who Jesus is and what Jesus intends. Beyond the cross, we all know the cross. We all know, we all know the empty tomb. And I'm not belittling either one of those things, so don't take it as that. Amen? And, and we all know that he's at the right hand of God. I'm certainly not belittling that. Amen? But for us to really understand the fulfillment of who God is in Christ Jesus, we need to take a look. Amen? So in John chapter 1, we're going we're gonna to share with you at verse 35, and it says, Again the next day after John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. 
Then Jesus turned and saw them following and saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He said unto them, Come and see. And they came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. Amen. Now, understand this. And, and, and you got to kind of dig into this a little bit and spend some time in the Word to, to get this. And let me, let me just say this to you. Amen. One of our biggest problems, I think, today as a church is, is I think Luke said it, is that instant gratification. Amen. It, is that idea of, I can't understand this. Right? Some of you probably out there sitting, man, he always reads the King James Version. Amen. And it's so difficult and it's so hard. And everything else, yes, it's meant to be difficult and it's meant to be hard. The Bible tells us we can't understand it unless the Spirit reveals to us. So I say this, I'm not against, I'm not against translations, I'm not preaching against translations, I'm not saying you're going to hell and your study time is horrible if you use other translations, so do not put those words into my mouth, but what I am saying to you is, if you have to go to more and more and more and more and more watered down versions to get what God is trying to say to you, you're probably not giving the Spirit time to speak. Amen? I use the English standard, I use the Christian standard, I, I use other things in my studies, and amen, but I start in the King James Version, and I probably read it 20 plus times, alone with God, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to me before I allow man and his interpretation to speak to me, amen? Because I don't want man's ideas, I see a Bible full of man's ideas that failed, I want a spiritual a move. I want God to open my eyes to him and his truth and who he is. Amen. And if we're ever going to understand who Jesus is and what Jesus is doing, we need to be able to hear him as he intended us to hear him. And that wasn't through man. That was through the Holy Spirit. He intended to us to hear him through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so I'm encouraging you, amen, to in your, in your closet time and in your upper room time, I am encouraging you to, to listen for God's voice. Quit making up your ideas and your plans and what you think it, it should look like or does look like in your own imaginations, but allow God to speak to you. And allow that power and that glory to take hold of your life. If not, you're just a man with ideas. Oh, y'all quiet, man. I'm not even to the good stuff yet. Right? You're just a man with ideas. The same as, the same as all of the others were a man of ideas. Oh, he's going to come and set up an earthly kingdom. He's going to kick Rome in the butt. Right? That's what they all thought. That was how man's ideas worked. Amen? And that's where a lot of people miss Jesus Christ because they didn't get what they wanted and instead they cried Barabbas because all of a sudden they realized, man, he's not going to do anything about Rome. I don't want it. Amen? And sometimes that's how we are in our faith. Oh, I didn't get what I wanted. I, I didn't get what I needed. Well, maybe there's something more for me over here and the serpent enters in and begins to tempt you with that something more. Amen. And before you know it, you're in a mess. Before you know it, you're in a struggle. 
And before you know it, you're, you're as far away from God as you could be. And that is not at all what God intends for us. And so they asked him, these are John's followers, and understand the goodness of John, right? John, John was a voice in the wilderness. Why do, why do you say he was a voice in the wilderness? It wasn't the, the, the locust and the honey, and it wasn't the, the, the camel hair that he wore. We're not talking about that as wilderness. Strange, yes, but, but that's not the wilderness they're talking about. John was a voice in the wilderness because nobody... Nobody was seeking God the way God wanted to be sought, the way God wanted to be found. Nobody was seeking it that way. And John was preaching repent to a bunch of people that didn't even know or consider they needed to repent. And so he was a voice crying in the vast wilderness of man because man had their own ideas, man had their mind made up, man knew it was going to be this way, and John was saying, you don't have a clue. You don't have a clue. Amen? And so he was calling out to the people. But when Jesus came, and this is where we need to, to grab hold. Right? Now, now we're starting to get to the message. Thank you for hanging in there with me. Right? When Jesus came, John stepped back. And his followers, his disciples, John's disciples began to go and to question Jesus and began to follow Jesus and even began to become disciples of Jesus. And guess what? John was okay with that. Because John's job was to point us to Jesus. Amen? And if anybody is pointing you anywhere else but to Jesus, people will come to me all the time and say, I was, I was watching so-and-so and he said blah, 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 blah. I said, well, what's the Bible say? Well, I was watching so-and-so, and they said, blah, 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 blah. Okay, cool. That, that sounds really rah, 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 but what's the Bible say? Amen? Because I'm not that interested in man. And, and, and I'm going to be honest with you. There's a lot of good stuff out there. There's also a lot of garbage out there. Amen? There's a lot of good rah, rah stuff out there that make you feel good for a minute and, and pump you up and everything else like this. But let me tell you what, when you're, when you're playing a football game or a basketball game, as Luke was talking about earlier, or, or something like that, man, we can rah, rah ourselves up for a minute. Amen? But the only thing that determines if we're in the fight for the whole thing is what's inside of us. Is what's inside of us. Amen? Because that rah, rah, rah only lasts so long. It only lasts so long. And so the depth and the power needs to be deeply rooted into who we are. And so they said, let us come to where you are. Amen. Now understand this. Jesus had no home. The Bible teaches us. He had nowhere to lay his head. So they said, let, it, let us come and be where you are. Let us abide with you. Amen. Jesus said, okay. So I, I'm not exactly sure. Scripture doesn't tell us exactly where they went, but I'm imagining they went to some rock somewhere under a tree beside a stream. And Jesus is like, welcome, have a seat. Right? Let me ask you a question. If you got called to a church like that, how many of you would come back? Do you know how uncomfortable it was sitting on that tree root the whole time? I didn't hardly listen to anything he was saying because it was so uncomfortable. Huh? Right? Well, I, I just didn't, I, I didn't like it because he, he didn't have the right music on the radio station. Well, I, I, I don't know, but a, a, a babbling brook, amen, in the presence of Jesus sounds pretty amazing to me. Right? 
But how many of us would be that? If this, this person who's going to change us and change the world takes us to a rock in the middle of nowhere, how many of us would be okay with that? Amen? We, we, we raise our hand and we say yes because we know how the story goes and we know that Jesus proved this was him. Amen? But imagine we didn't know all of that. And we're looking for this guy who's going to come and uproot everything and bring the full power and manifestation of God into our presence. Amen? How receiving of that would we be? Well, wait, there, there's no goal? There's no... You know, there's, there's no fancy chairs. There's no this and that and the other. What, what are you really calling me to? Right? What happens? It doesn't meet our expectations. It doesn't meet what we've determined it should look like. Amen? And so we refuse to come together in it. That was the punch. Did you get it? Now, some of you did because I heard you grunt. Amen? It doesn't look like we thought it should. It didn't work out the way we planned for it to. Well, it's, it's not what I always wanted. And so it doesn't line up. And because it doesn't line up, we refuse it or we walk away from it or we keep it at a distance. Amen? And that's why we're never together. That's why we're never together. Amen? Do you know how many times in 30 years of ministry... I've been reading the Bible like I explained to you. I read the Bible and the Holy Spirit shows me something on the page that I've read a hundred times before and completely missed. And I'm like, oof. Oof. And I go back and I read it again just to make sure my eyes didn't cross or something like that. And I'm like, oof. And, and I realize I need to change. Amen. Because if I'm ever going to come together in the glory of God, I have to change. Right? I don't need God to change. I don't need God's people to change. I need to change. Right? I, I can't even number the number of times that, that the Holy Spirit and the Scriptures ha have shown me those kind of places and times and moments in my life where I needed to change. Amen? And, and, as do, and in doing so, I, I grow little by little by little into all that it is that God has for me and what God wants for me. So the first thing I would, I would caution you with today is when it doesn't look like you thought it would look like, when you, when, when you feel like this isn't what I had planned, amen, let God work. Let God work. Amen? Because I don't believe there is anybody here this day who said, let us go where you, where you sleep. Let us go to your house. Let us go to your place. I don't think there's anybody in this group. The scripture doesn't give us a whole lot. Amen? But I don't think there was anybody here that when they got there was like, yes! This is everything I thought it would be. But the difference is, they were so captivated with Jesus and the power and the might with which he spoke and the love with which he embraced them and included them overrode their ideas and their predetermined idea of what it should look like. And if you don't ever let yourself come to the place 
that God's plan overrides your plan, you will never get to the full glory and power of God. Amen? Because that only comes to those who find him in his fullness. Amen? In complete fulfillment of what God intended. And one of, one of the two which heard Jesus speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Simon bar Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. There's a whole lot there, but we're going to come back to that in a few weeks. All right? Because this morning we, we want to mostly focus on Nathaniel. The day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee and find a Philip and saith unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Now, I worked real hard prefacing where we are. Amen? And Nathaniel is where we are a lot of times. I've got preconceived ideas. I know what it should look like. I know what the law says. I know what Moses says. I even know what Isaiah said. And I've already made my mind up how it's going to work. Amen? And anything else isn't good enough. And so Philip comes moved and excited after spending time, abiding time with Jesus. Philip comes all moved and excited and says, we found him. And Nathaniel's response is, yeah, but he's from Nazareth. Pfft, not good enough. Doesn't measure up. Doesn't fit my expectation. Doesn't look like what it should look like. By whose definition? By whose definition? Amen. You see, when God does a work sometimes, He wants all of the attention to be off of us. He wants all of the attention to be off of man. And He wants everyone to take a step back and say, Oh, that was God. That was God. Amen. And sometimes it's, it means we've got to trust and hang on to the hem of the garment. Amen. And just take him in his word and believe that he is working. He is working his power and glory into my life. And for the good to those of us that love him. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said unto him, come and see. And I, I believe this. When we have entered into the glory of God, our goal and our heart and our ambition and our desire, when we are together with Christ, amen? And that is ultimately what we have to understand in this series, is we will never come together until we are first together with Christ, amen? And that's why, that's why we're going to preach a lot about him and his words 
to you over these next several weeks is so that we understand where he is so that we might come there also. Amen? And abide with him. Amen? And listen, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, and I believe it's evidence in Scripture that when we are together with Christ, we are not going to manipulate people to Jesus. We are not going to twist arms to Jesus. We are not going to paint a pretty picture and make a whole bunch of crazy promises to get people to Jesus. Amen. We might give you a pen when you come in, and we might ask you to fill out our form, but it's so that we can follow up with you, and we can love you, and we can pray you. But friend, we are not in any way, shape, or form interested in giving you our version. We are interested in bringing you to Him. To Him. Amen. And letting you see. Amen. Philip gives us the greatest message and the greatest invitation we could probably ever get as far as Jesus Christ is concerned. Come and see. Sit there and you're, you're whiny. You know, can anything good come out of Nazareth place? Well, this doesn't look like what I thought it should place. You know, c- come, come from where you are. Come as you are. Look how you look. Wear what you wear. Just come and see. Amen? And when we speak from a place of that kind of authority, that kind of, that kind of determination, our mind made up and our mind convinced this is the Christ, And I'm willing to hear his words. I'm willing to follow him. And I am willing to allow him to work and to move into my life. I'm going to tell everybody I know, come and see. Come and see. Amen? And it is my goal and it is my desire whether it be next week or at the end of this year, and, and, and this Jesus together thing resonates in all of our hearts and minds that it has mine over the last six months, that we come to a place and a point that we're not telling people what our gospel quest looks like. Our gospel quest is awesome, by the way. But we're not telling people what our gospel quest looks like. We're not telling people how perfect our, our wood wall is now. We're not telling people that we've got this program or that program. We're not telling people or convincing people or manipulating people with things but we are convincing them and drawing them according to the power of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us in their lives amen because I am convinced his word says that if he's lifted up if he is the main thing if he is what we're focused on and if he is what we agree on he will be lifted up and he will draw He will draw men to him. Not to me, not to you, not to our church, but he will draw all men to him. That's our job, church. 
Our, our job is a come and see mentality. Our job is a, it is so alive in me and it is so full and overflowing in me. It is so strong and powerful in me. All I can say to you is come and see because if I begin to try and tell you what it's doing in my life, you wouldn't understand it because you're here and I'm here by the glory and the power and, and the spirit of God working in me. Amen. I don't expect you to understand what I got. I'm just telling you to come and see so you get it for yourself. Hallelujah. Amen. Come and see. Come and see. Hallelujah. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, verse 47, and saith of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Jesus having a little fun himself. Amen. I knew what you said. I know where your heart is. I know where your mind is. Amen. And listen. Listen. He knows from where we come. Right? He knows where we are mentally, physically, spiritually. He knows where we are. We don't have to make a presentation. We don't have to make a bunch of excuses. We don't have to, to, to whine and cry around about it. Amen. He knows from where we come. Amen. And he wants us. Amen. Everybody, everybody look at yourself and say, he wants me. Oh, no. No, 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 no. You'll, you'll never understand the power in that like that. Amen. Amen. Because God doesn't just want you. Right? He wants me. Now, that's, that's, not, that's, that's, not, that's not the level of what God has for you. That's not the level of what God wants from you. Amen? Everybody look at yourself and say, He wants me. And believe it. Yeah. Pour it out. Amen? He wants me. He loves me. He knows me. He knows the things I hide from everybody else. He knows where I come. He knows what I'm thinking. He knows what's in my heart. He knows that I sat on the hill and said there can't be anything good about it. He knows that, but he is willing to show me different. He is willing to show me different, and he's willing to show me the power and the glory that he can bring into my life. If I'll just come, if I'll just come and see. Amen? Y'all okay? Y'all okay? <clears throat> Nathaniel says, verse 48, Whence knowest thou me? Oh, you see, something's happening here and Nathaniel didn't anticipate. How do you know me? You don't know what I'm thinking. You don't know how I feel. You don't know what's in my head or in my heart. How do you know me? And Jesus says in the next verse, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. I would imagine, I would imagine this, this, this was a place where Nathaniel went and, and had his pity parties. And a place where Nathaniel went because he, he couldn't stand to be anywhere else. Or, or, or whatever the situation or the cause may be, this was a place where Nathaniel went to get away from everyone. Amen. Because it was shocking to him that Jesus knew about this place. Amen. It was a surprise 
that Jesus saw him there, right? And amen, understand this. There is no place we go physically. There's nowhere we go in our mind or in our heart that he doesn't know. He sees us and he knows all about it and every detail. Amen? And what did he say to him? He said, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And Nathaniel, man, Nathaniel all of a sudden is ready to pour everything out. Right? Before that Philip called thee, but now all of a sudden under the fig tree, I saw thee. Verse 49, Nathaniel answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, see immediately his declaration of who he thought Christ was changed. Immediately, because Jesus showed him spiritual authority, Nathaniel was willing to say, Rabbi. He was willing to say, Master. Because something that he thought nobody else had a handle on and nobody else knew, he knew. So he was believing that it was a God thing. Amen. Maybe not a Jesus thing. I don't know that he was there yet. Amen. But it was a God thing that he knew where he was. And so he called him rabbi, master, teacher. Amen. Ultimately saying, I know you're from God now. I get you're from God now. I understand God showed you where I was under that fig tree. I acknowledge that. And I allow that. And he goes further. Based upon the testimony. How long had he spent with Jesus? Not very long. A few minutes. Amen. But based on the come and see testimony of his friends. Amen. What did I say to you a few minutes ago? Amen. That when we are full of the glory of God and it's exuding from us and overflowing from us. Amen. What will happen? The very presence of God in our life will draw men to him. Amen. And so we see evidence of that here when he says, Thou art the Son of God. And thou art the King of Israel. Amen. Bold declaration from Nathaniel about who Jesus was. And Jesus answered and said unto him, he's actually correcting him. Right? If you really dig into these next two verses, he's actually correcting Nathaniel, but he's doing it in such a loving and peaceable way that sometimes we miss it. And he says, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, you believe? And I have to believe this next part. He's kind of like chuckling. Because I said I saw you under the fig, I could have been, I could have just been walking through the woods. I could have just been walking down the road and just happened to look up and see you. That's why I believe, amen, this fig tree had to be somewhere that Nathaniel believed it, it was a miracle for him to be seen. Maybe only a few or maybe nobody knew it. Amen? Because he was that astonished and that willing to declare who Jesus was based on Philip's testimony, based only on that. Jesus said, because I said I saw you under the fig tree, you believe? (laughs) Greater things than this are you going to see. If you think that was something, if you think that was something, buckle up. Right? 
And don't we want that kind of faith? Don't we want that kind of fervor? Don't we want that kind of hope and desire in a true and righteous king? Don't we want someone who doesn't just coddle us and pacify us and make us feel good about ourselves? But don't we want someone who comes to us and ministers to us in our ups and in our downs and says to us that we will see great things because of who he is and what he's going to do in our life and what he's going to reveal to us? Anybody not want that? Amen? Because, friend, I, I believe solely that if you're here this morning, you're here because you want the fullness of God. You, don't might, you might not understand all of it, and that's okay. Amen? Because what, what's going to happen is by coming and witnessing and viewing the pouring out of God on those seeking Him, you're going to understand who He is, and it's, begun, it's going to begin to do a work in your life. Amen? And this is what Jesus says, and this is what I want us to take home today. It says, and he saith unto him, amen, after he chuckled and said, greater things, greater things than these will you see. He says in verse 51, verily, verily, amen. And this was, this was a common way in the day of saying, pay attention, amen. I'm not allowed to say shut up anymore because apparently some of you didn't understand that I was, I, I was just making a point last week. Amen. Embellishing a little bit. And, and amen. And some people are like, Pastor shouldn't say shut up. You know, well, sometimes you need to really be quiet. Is that better? Okay. And this is one of those moments where Jesus is saying, really be quiet and listen. Because I say unto you, hereafter, listen, hereafter. Ye shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Hereafter, if you're making this choice, if you're making this decision, if you're choosing to follow me and all of me, Amen? Because I'm not, I'm not going to... Jesus never once says, I'm going to sugarcoat me to make you feel comfortable. Right? Probably would have never been crucified if he had. Right? But Jesus ultimately saying here, if you choose to follow me, I'm going to give you all of me. I'm holding nothing back from you. You're going to see the full revelation of what God is doing in my life and what God intended to do in your life from the beginning of time. In the book of Genesis, we read of Jacob's ladder. Amen? What did we learn about Jacob's ladder? Angels ascended and descended from heaven. What does that mean? It means what I told you in the very beginning, that God has always intended and God has always meant for us to receive the full manifestation of heaven in our lives. He has always meant for us to get all that He has to offer. He has always planned to give us everything and not hold back from us. Amen? And here, here through Nathaniel, He renews 
that promise. He renews that promise to me and to you and to Nathaniel that if we choose to follow and we choose to walk with him and we choose to allow his word to lead and guide our life and we seek him out in the dark places and we allow his, his truth and the evidence of his portion to pour out over us and change us into something more than we could have ever been on our own. He's saying the same thing that God promised way back when. I will allow the angels of heaven to come up and down from me to you. I will allow my power and my glory and my hope and my promises to fill you. Don't think the adversary is not going to sneak up and, and, and tempt you with something. Amen? Because he will. But I'm promising to sustain you. And I am promising to fill you. And I am promising to meet your every need. And I'm promising to do things through you that you can't explain. Amen? And man, I've, I've seen it. And I'm not going to storytell. I could storytell all afternoon on that one. Amen? But whether it be people falling on the altar drunker than a skunk to the point you can't even stand to, to smell them. And standing up sober in their right mind not stinking anymore. Amen? People, people walking uh, back to, to families and walking back to, to people that they had left and abandoned. I have seen God do things on power levels that I can't explain and that I don't understand. I've seen it. Amen? And I believe in that power and that it will work today the same as it did then. Amen? And I will walk in his authority and I will say to anyone who opposes it, come and see. Come and see. I'm not going to twist your arm. I'm not going to manipulate you into it. I'm not going to beg at your feet and grovel for you to, to pull up to the table. Amen? But I will, I will encourage you to come and see. Amen? And you want to sit there like a knot on a log and let the whole thing pass you by? That's fine. Amen? But I've chosen... I've chosen to come and see, and I've chosen to live in all that he promised me.